0: I'm Bianca, and I'm Shawnee, and you're listening to Mindful BS, a weekly discussion about how we mindfully navigate through life's BS, the major, the minor, and everything in between.
1: So you ready? Let's do it. Hey, everyone, welcome back to another week of your favorite podcast, Mindful BS. I'm Shawnee, and I'm Bianca, and it is a cold and snowy day up here in Northeast Ohio, baby. Mm,
0: mm, mm. you ain't never lie, baby okay and not only is it cold and snowy but also it is a frigid fright in my home because our heat isn't working I don't know what's going on like I got this on 80 right now I got it on manual I got it I don't know what's going on but basically we don't have no heat so I'm freezing my daughter's freezing and I have to call emergency maintenance as soon as we get done with this podcast but you know how that has gone for me in the past so that is so trifling <laughs> like, <laughs> what else can like what else can you
1: say besides this is trifling like and I think the part that's so sucky about it is because it's literally been fairly nice in weather recently but it's like the one day we get snow and the temperatures drop bam
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. and at first I thought I was. It's one of those things too. At first I thought I was tripping because I'm like, dang, is it like me here to extra cold and real? Like, no, it's super cold. And I've been trying to play with it. I'll hear the furnace because our furnaces are individually in the apartment. I'll hear it turn on. It'll turn mm-hmm. on for like five minutes. Not sure if real heat is all coming on, but it's <laughs> not. It's not doing it, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's all fine. Okay. Well, outside of that, you
1: know, inconvenience, how has your week been?
0: I thought that my week was pretty cool. I spent it just getting ready for Bria's birthday. Bria turned nine on Friday and we threw her a sleepover. I survived. It wasn't as bad (laughs) as I anticipated, but it definitely gave typical sleepover vibes little drama here and there. At one point, Bria was telling me she wanted everybody to go home. Um, Shani and my brother came to help me supervise. And <laughs> even though Shiny ain't get there till like 9.30, uh, but she had to work. So it was fine. By the time she got there, I feel like the party was really winding down for real. But we still had a good time. And the next day I told y'all I was going to let Bria before she had the sleepover she canceled it then we were supposed to be having like a yes day where we were supposed to be doing all her favorite things and somehow we still ended up doing all her favorite things the next day too so i'm just saying her day her weekend was packed i'm birthdayed out mama is tapped
1: (laughs) (laughs) well shout out to you it definitely seems like she enjoyed her birthday weekend i mean them kids was little late honey okay seemed like it was a good time to me um yeah i don't know i had a blast
0: Mm-mm, yeah we really speak on what the kids is doing but i was there, <laughs> there cracking up <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty dope um and i think they really did had a good time i heard the one little girl like this the best sleepover i ever been to
1: okay and bam mission accomplished right mission accomplished um hmm my week uh as bianca mentioned i've been working okay i feel like you remember that bryson teller song he'd be like i've been working on putting in overtime that's yep. how i felt this week okay uh work has been busy hectic And I wouldn't normally use the word overwhelming, but there, and I don't want to say overwhelming, but I feel like elements of my workday have felt almost overwhelming. But outside of that, it's been a pretty good week. I did watch Creed 3 again. Don't ask why. Um, But I did go back to the movies to watch Creed 3. And I wanted to just mention two things that I didn't mention in my first review. I absolutely love the music in this Creed 3. And I'd also like to say that for me personally, this one also had the best fight scenes. Like just everything about the fight scenes, the the way the cameras pan, just the intensity, everything about the fight scenes in Creed 3 are amazing. So once again, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go and check out Creed 3. The only other thing from my week that was... Really, really interesting is that at my daughter's school, they had like a Dr. Seuss week where they basically made they had theme days. So every day was like a different theme uh, based off of a Dr. Seuss book. So for those that aren't familiar, I want to say there's a Dr. Seuss book called like, oh, the places you'll go or something like that. So for that day, they told the kids they can come to school dressed up as what they wanted to be when they grew up so my daughter comes home we're in the car she's like tomorrow is dress day I gotta figure out what I want to she's like tomorrow's dress day I gotta dress like what I want to be so me I'm just like "Hey, okay so like what do you want to be when you grow up she says a mom y'all the first thought in my head is girl by like in my head I'm thinking like a mom you know, I feel like her whole life flashed before my eyes. So then I'm thinking of like those lifetime movies where like the the preteens be obsessed with being parents, so then they get knocked up really early. Now, you know, the mom stressed out cuz she raising her daughter and the granddaughter. I just start thinking of all of these like horrible things like in my head I'm like there are so many other things that she could be instead of or before coming a mom. So that's how that was going on in my head. But instead of saying any of that, I just said, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. Um, And later when we got home, I talked to her about it more. And the reason why I responded the way I did is because although my mind went through all of those thoughts, I think I also instantly realized that in some way I was like I was trying to invalidate the responsibility the impact and how truly important and just it's like it, being a mom is important work you know what i mean like that's no easy job and for some reason i felt like in that moment i kind of was like dang why well, just like in my head down being a mom um, you know, obviously, I think we oftentimes want our children to aspire to be really, really great things. And In that moment, I just felt really bad because I'm like, I'm in some way, I'm subconsciously saying being a mom is not something great to become or to aspire to. When in reality, we need more people who do care and are so passionate about being parents, because that is what ultimately shapes our future as a society and as a world. So, you know, I let it go. And when I asked her like why she wanted to be a mom later, because in my head y'all ain't gonna, lie, I was still like, mm, I don't know about this. We gonna let's get you involved in some more after school activities, you know, open up your horizons. But when I asked her, she was like, I love taking care of my baby dolls and protecting them and feeding them, and I just love them like you love me. So oh. in that moment, it became very evident to me that her wanting to be a mom was because she sees me being a mom and my mom you know what I mean being a mom to me and that for her that's everything you know what I mean and she she values me and you know the women around her that she see are mothers and I don't know it was kind of full circle moment for me where it's like obviously what she wants to be when she grows up is going to change Mm -hmm. um but I don't know it almost made me feel good because I'm like wow so at least you know maybe I'm doing a good job because at least she's not like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to do this. This looks horrible. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, my weekly recap. I had a lot of interesting parenting moments this week. I'm not going to lie, but we'll talk about those another time. Mm-hmm. So as always, we hope you guys had a great week, but if not, try again next week. And with that being said, so you guys, we switched up the episode order last week when we had on a guest and Bianca and I, were think we're going to try it one more time. So please let us know, reach out, let us know how you guys feel about us having meeting of the minds before the other topics. Um, But yeah, we're going to get right into the meeting of the minds topic today, which is ironic because I just mentioned motherhood and we are going to talk about... I don't even know how to call it the the biological clock, baby. Okay.
0: Yeah, we are. Um. So this week, as I was preparing for Ria's ninth birthday, obviously had me reflecting on you know me as a mom and how many times I could do this over again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if you know me or even following the show, I go back and forth between one and to just have one more or just being the most awesome one parent mom that I can to my child that I currently have usually it's no big deal to me because it's just like I mean it'll happen when it'll happen and it'll still happen when it'll happen but me realizing that now I'm 32 years old and if I want to have kids before I turn 35 and three years is nothing because we literally just could almost lump 2020 and 2023 all together because that was the quickest three years in my life that that makes me feel like these next three years are very crucial and really I'm not the determining factor of if I'm gonna have that son mm. or um, my body is though so that's why I wanted to you know just have a conversation because I'm sure we have people our age or a little older or just a little younger who may not really think be thinking about like should I freeze my eggs? And is it gonna to get to a point where I may not where having kids may be more difficult for me? We are kind of losing the pregnancy, going out of the pregnancy scare uh moments to the pregnancy, what if I can't? get pregnant moment. So I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like that's something that not only am I experiencing, but I'm sure there's other people or listeners experiencing the same thing.
1: Yeah. Um. So if you follow me on Instagram last week, I made a story post about how I was considering um being a surrogate for someone. And I had no idea that that post was going to bring in so much engagement um and I thought it was interesting because most of the people that responded to my post were men and I got a lot of questions saying like why would you do that this is really interesting um someone who's a little bit closer to me he even asked like I'm curious to know why he then um Asked me my age, which is fine. I don't care about that. And then when I told him my age, he was like, well, you're still so young. I just don't understand, you know, why, why now? Or, you know, you have plenty of time. And in that conversation, it became very, very evident to me that I do believe there are some misconceptions on having children. And it is something that we think we will always have time for, which to Bianca's point, that is true. But there are just factors that I think we all need to be mindful of and aware of so that as we are doing our family planning, we can keep those statistics and those, you know, scientific facts in mind because they will impact our ability to have children and expand our family with age. So before we get started, I wanted to define infertility because someone had responded to like obviously if someone gets a surrogate a lot of times it's because someone in like maybe a couple are they're unable to you know have the child it's usually the woman which is why you need a surrogate because a lot of times if you know if the man is infertile then they'll just use someone else's sperm um so somebody was like how did he say it he basically was like so he asked me what a surrogate was I explained that to him and then he like that's crazy you know, to have a baby for somebody else and then just get a baby away. Like if they can't have kids, like maybe they should just accept that they not able to have kids. I know very, very harsh, you know, statement to say, but I try to have discussions in my DMs and like just educate people. But I really wanted to define what infertility is because it also became very aware to me that a lot of people don't think that they Meet that they're infertile, but based off definition, a lot of people actually are. So infertility is defined as not being able to get pregnant or conceive after one year or longer of unprotected sex. So a lot of doctors and scientists will define that as being a sign that you may be infertile because over the span of a year, you know, statistically they based on numbers, would assume that you would at least have one or, you know, two chances of possibly conceiving um, or getting pregnant. So I wanted to define what that is. And I also wanted to state, based on what I was saying in my DMs, that a lot of people automatically associate infertility with women and that is not the case. Um, Infertility is actually just as common in men as it is in women. There's literally only a 1% difference in infertility in men and women. And I also wanted to say that 48.5 million couples around the world experience issues with infertility or having children. And out of those couples, 30% of the issues can be solely attached to women. 30% of the issues were solely because of the man. 30% were, it was an issue with both partners. Um, And then 10% were unknown. So again, just, I wanted to reiterate that because I feel like based on the conversations I was having that men somehow felt like they were exempt from experiencing fertility issues. And I just wanted to reiterate that that is not the case. at all and I'll share more about like causes of infertility for both uh, men and women but I just want to throw that out there
0: yeah I think that that is fair because most of the time when you do hear the conversations it's definitely targeted towards the women like men have never even thought like if 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 it was a scenario where the white where they weren't having babies, the men are definitely not going to it's me. They're automatically going to, well, you should let's go to the doctor and see what's going on, emphasizing that it obviously must be you and not me. So I'm glad that you brought that up as far as um the men are also inferno, too. But also just like Shiny was wanted to bring up, there's different reasons why there's in where people are infertile there are awful different reasons why people decide to make decisions as far as how to increase their fertility as far as like freezing eggs I know you guys have I know for me I don't feel like I've heard freezing eggs as much before as I have now and I feel like that is because there is an increased desire for one women are waiting longer to have children women are you know we they are putting their careers their preferences their self first before they decide to have women typically before when people were discussing freezing their eggs it was because there was a medical emergency happening where they knew for a fact that that may cause complications in the future. So they were doing that. But now a lot of women are electively freezing their eggs. They're basically making a decision. Like, I know I don't want kids right now, but I am aware that it may take a little more for me to get pregnant if I decide to wait in the future. So now they're going and freezing their eggs.
1: Yeah, which which, that's a whole different discussion. And we're going to talk about, some of the things people are doing for family planning or alternative methods that you can take if you are experiencing issues with infertility. But before we get there, I do want to explain one thing, going back to kind of like the men and women. So as we mentioned in introducing this, a lot of times for women, it's called the biological time clock, right? They'll say like, your biological clock is ticking. So for those who aren't really familiar with that phrase, for women, our peak fertility is actually like late teens to mid to late twenties. After that point, our um fertility, I mean, quite frankly, it it begins to decrease. Like we start producing less eggs, our fallopian tubes and our uterus and all of those things, you know, they like all right, we we gonna give you what we can, but it will decrease until we reach the point of menopause, which for a lot of women actually hits in the 40 to 45 for some 40 to 50. It typically hits, but it can happen as early as 40 and still be considered normal timing for menopause. So that's what the biological clock is for women. For men, Um, in researching this, I found it interesting. So men will always produce sperm. Like you could be 90 and still producing sperm, which is why I think so many men feel like they are exempt from infertility. However, I want to point out that research does show that as men age, although they are still producing sperm, the quality of the sperm declines rapidly. Um, So after the age of 40, sperm quality, motility, and volume decrease dramatically. So You know, you're not when you do do what you're supposed to do, you're not shooting out as much sperm. The quality is not as good. Sometimes they aren't as strong and healthy to actually make it to the egg. And not only do those things decrease after the age of 40, but once you hit 40, there's a higher chance that your sperm may be damaged or there may be mutations to the sperm's DNA. Which actually, yeah, I know, I'm Bianca, your face, My, which actually um, they're, sci- they're seeing through studies that men who have children after the age of 40, that there is a higher risk for genetic abnormalities, um, childhood cancers, autism, and different uh, diseases like that. And even bipolar, they're saying that where the men was 40 and over, even if the woman was, you know, 30 and under that that is a reoccurring result that they're seeing. So um, just wanted to share those things as well. Now, um, a few more facts about, a few more statistics about infertility before we start going into like the causes and like some of the things Bianca was saying with freezing eggs and just alternative methods. Women aged 40 to 44 are 11 times more likely to be infertile than younger women. And I also want to point out, because we are two Black women, that non-Hispanic and Black women are 44% more likely to be infertile. And there are tons of reasons why infertility happens. We'll get into those in a second. But just throwing that out there again, because I feel like people think it's a one-size-fits-all when there are really a lot of factors. It can be race. It can be environmental factors. It can be age. There are tons of things. And we all know our bodies are just different in general yeah so um, getting into a few of the causes so some of the top causes for male infertility are abnormal sperm production or function that can be caused by genetics health problems like diabetes or infections also I thought this was interesting especially in our day and age girl because you know the guys in our and age, they love hitting the club. They love going out. They love, you know, I'll be seeing the men smoking the hookah every day and stuff. But I thought it was interesting that they said that another leading cause of infertility is overexposure to cigarette smoking, alcohol, marijuana, steroids, and even frequent exposure to heat, like from saunas and hot tubs, which I never would have guessed that. No, uh, And another heard. top reason for infertility in men are just problems delivering the sperm in general which i was not aware that men could also have blockages in their testicles or cystic fibrosis that would prevent them from actually delivering sperm so i thought that was very very interesting
0: no i heard that about the hot tub before i heard that that definitely impacts the uh The nut sex. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now,
1: because we're talking about blockages, I want to talk about some of the top causes of infertility in women, which for women, they can also experience blockages of the fallopian tube, which may make it difficult. There are also ovulation disorders like PCOS, which we are seeing becoming very, very, very um normal. I don't want to call it normal, but PCOS impacts a lot of women nowadays. And I thought it was interesting that they even said that too much exercise, eating disorders and tumors could also cause infertility in women. A few other common causes are endometriosis, pelvic scarring and, of course, menopause, which we are all aware of. So just wanted to throw out some causes of infertility for both men and women, because if you are if you're someone who is listening to this and you're like, dang it, actually, I have been trying or having unprotected sex for a year and I've never, you know, had a scare or anything. These are things to be aware of because they may actually require medical attention once you're ready to start doing some family planning.
0: Yeah, good job. Those were some uh, good notes for people who may, you know, not know. Now, say you said you have decided that maybe you have some infertility infer- issues. You went to the doctor Some com- and it, some confirmation was made. And you like, well, what are my options now? Well, like I was saying earlier, you do have the option to freeze your eggs. Now, that sounds great and all, but if you've got to freeze your eggs, you've got to be really invested because just for the testing, the initial testing, the ultrasounds, and the initial procedure, that could run you a good $10,000 to $12,000, that's just the beginning part of the freezer. That doesn't even include the storage fee. Or once you say you do decide you want to move forward, then there's another fee for the post submission that could vary, like depending on how many rounds of IVF you have to do or how many times they have to run the treatment. Um, that could run you another five to ten thousand dollars. Oh my! And goodness. just to purchase a a vial of sperm alone is going to run you at least. 1000 to $1,300. So it's very, very pricey to plan um, another child. But if that is something that you are interested in doing, it's definitely something that can be done. I was out here doing the research. And then when I got done, I'm just like, mm, storage fees, tech. <laughs> mm, some I may, might not see Earthside no time soon. But <laughs> <laughs> But for other people who them numbers don't scare you away, I would encourage those to do so.
1: Yeah. Now, let's say you already missed the egg freezing window. So you're looking at different ways for you to have a child. So some of the common ones are, like I mentioned in my story, surrogacy. Now, the price for this varies depending on what channel you go through. Some people will literally just like reach out to a friend a co-worker and just literally look he asked for like a favor like hey you know my partner and i are trying to blah 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 would you be open to being our surrogate and they don't go through an agency um but for those that go through an agency the average cost is anywhere from a hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars for surrogacy yes yep <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it there surrogacy takes a lot so there's embryo creation which is where they actually take you know maybe the mother's egg the father's sperm and create the embryo to then implant in whoever the surrogate is some couples that need egg donation um egg donation alone can cost twenty thousand to thirty thousand dollars then there are agency fees they have to pay the agency a lot of times people want to go through an agency because if you don't there's a chance that for example, like let's say Bianca, we friends, right? Let's say mm-hmm. me and my partner are having trouble having a baby, so we actually you be our surrogate. you like, yes, yeah, Cougar, cool, I got you. There's a chance that if we don't have any legal paperwork in place, you could carry our child full term and then decide, actually, this is my child. I carried it. I birthed it. This is my baby. And in some courts, you would actually win that case, even if you use my egg and my partner's sperm because you carried the child. So that is why a lot of people don't go that route and they go with an agency. But agency fees alone are anywhere from $20,000 to $50,000, right? Um, They also pay the surrogate to carry the child. And most of the times, they also cover all of the surrogate's medical expenses. They provide food stipends. They pay for the surrogate's maternity clothes. All of that stuff, so having a surrogate, a lot of money at least a hundred thousand
0: dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bianca, your face because you know how I get when they come to large numbers, they freak me out. <laughs> For yeah. so, like this.
1: So that's that route. Now, some people, instead of going with the surrogate, they might want to go adoption. Um, adoption prices vary as well. If you're going through a private agency, that's anywhere from 30 to 60 thousand dollars to adopt. Now, another um, option to that is adopting through foster care. Um, the costs with that are very, very low. If any, a lot of times it's very easy to adopt um, after fostering. However, we are all aware of, you know, sometimes the traumatic scarring that children in the foster care system have gone through. So unfortunately, that's why a lot of parents don't go that route because they know that off the bat, they're going to have to really help that child heal, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, because, of the things that they may have experienced throughout foster care. But if you are interested in becoming a parent, um, adoption through foster care is a great option if you may not have a lot of the upfront large, you know, money to invest in it.
0: Also wanted to piggyback on, just because Shani had mentioned, like some people ask their friends or family members as far as sperm is. If you were to go to, a lot of that also has to deal with like demographics black women are having a very hard time finding black sperm if that's what they're interested in for their kids only two percent of black men are in all of the four major sperm banks that you can go to two percent um, out of all the races only two percent and then they do have like online places where you can but obviously like sells out immediately fast when people have that and that's just they say that's due to a couple different things, like as far as black men having a distrust for the medical field, so they're not just going to donate their sperm. Apparently, you have to have like a extensive medical background history, three back three generations, and uh, people don't have access to the black men don't have access to that information. And then lastly, they're just not recruiting the black men to come in and give their sperm, so they don't even know that this is something they they can do. Uh, if you do- decide to donate sperm, it you can get anywhere between 70 to $150, depending on where you go to. Because like I said, the whole vial of sperm can run the customer $1,000 to $1,300. So that's what the donor gets out of it, $150 max, right? Which
1: is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's like you giving them hundred and fifty dollars max but you're charging a thousand, a thousand plus for more the, for the sperm
0: yeah interesting yeah i thought that was interesting too yeah
1: okay well we hope we're not going to beat you guys over the head with this information we really just wanted to come and have a conversation about pregnancy infertility and share alternative resources because The information is out there, but, you know, it's one of those things like I think Bianca and I had a conversation offline about this and we were just talking about how when you're younger, you know about the biological time clock, you just always assume that you're going to have time, but as you progress in age, those matters become very real um, and it's one of those things, like even if you still know you don't want to have children at, in your early 20s, at least you can use this information to really plan it out in the best way possible. So you know, like, all right, so I don't want to have them now, but after this time, my sperm quality gonna be bad. So maybe I should can they free sperm? I'm not sure.
0: You know what I'm saying?
1: I would think that might be an option. I didn't see it anywhere though when I was looking it up. Me neither huh curious but basically i'll get what i'm saying maybe you want to pursue the option to freeze your eggs or you already know you're going to want to go and get a surrogate or you just say hey i don't want to have kids now but let me do everything i can during this amount of time so that by 28 30 i'm still fertile my partner should still be fertile and we can plan it then we just wanted to you know provide the information
0: yeah because i know it is something that like i just said earlier i'm not thinking about wait wait a minute there may be a decline in my eggs as I'm not thinking about having children but when the moment happens you know I like to be prepared people like to be prepared so this is your way to just be prepared yeah for sure so with
1: that being said we're going to close out this week's meeting of the mind discussion and we can get right on into tv and movies
0: Okay, well, last week Shani was on here making confessions about Ian Subway. So this week I feel like I would like to make a TV confession. Ooh, okay. So y'all, I ain't gonna hold y'all, but love, life, whatever, which one after lockup is really one of my guilty pleasure shows. (laughs) (laughs) I like, even though the sleepover was going on when they got to a good point where I was like basically being able to excuse myself. I'm like, oh, yes, I got time to watch Life After Lockup. And I don't know what it is about it. Because, like, you know what I know? I just am very entertained about the decisions that are made on this show. Because I just can't fathom how... I personally wouldn't be in those situations. But I just can't fathom how they just really ended up in these outrageous situations. And I don't know. I just can't stop watching. That's my confession. That show is so horrible, you guys. Bianca had me watching that. It's like, it's one of the, it's so
1: horrible. It is entertaining. Yay. Yeah. It's like so bad that it's entertaining. Like, (laughs) I don't even know where to start. There's somebody who just had a baby and she married, but she cheated on her husband
0: because all he do is play the game and he a bad husband but she knew that before she even married him because he already had like eight kids that he wasn't taking care of then it's <laughs> like it's just a lie and like... then it's somebody like her man just got out of jail a month ago she already pregnant she got three kids he got four kids but he told her to quit her job with benefits because he was gonna take care of them but all he do is go to the studio and try to rap and he can't even travel because he got an ankle minor. he can't even leave the state and they live in like pennsylvania or somewhere like how is your rap career about to take off How? because they, y'all about mean, to they match
1: they match oh, yeah. from head to toe every day <laughs> they do they just, just too much just lot. and then there's one lady who wants to to me, I'm actually really concerned about her and her relationship because she's giving that she wants to get out of the relationship. But some of the scenes when she like is around him, to me, is giving, I'm unsafe, I'm unhappy, I really need to get out of this, but I'm trapped. And that's kind of sad. Then it's another couple where this guy been dating his girl all these years because she held him down while he was in prison. But he get out, and now his sisters like my brother just got out. They trying to find him, somebody else, cause they don't like the girl. Yeah, that and, he with yep, yeah, and and they, they're from Cleveland. That's so embarrassing.
0: <laughs> and then the guy, like, even when they got out, when he got out, she like you cheated on me seven days after you got out. Like, oh, he did yes he is out here cheating with the women's and then he even got the nerve to be on here like some when they talking about because she said she was pregnant and then he gonna uh, he she said she thought she was pregnant and then he like somebody else just hit me with the same thing trying to say she was pregnant and they oh. like you gonna be using condoms he's like i mean oh. i mean oh. like you was in jail sir like you just getting out here raw Ugh. it's just a lot
1: y'all gotta use condoms Mm. use condoms but yeah i mean if you guys are in friday night and i'll just be (laughs) if if you're looking for something that's really really horrible but very entertaining check out love or life after lockup it'll definitely do it
0: they definitely
1: will and since we were just talking about sex i have to share sex life on netflix for those that aren't aware or familiar with it, it's basically a show that follows this lady. Her name is Billy. She has a kind of a crazy sexual past and pretty much like her sexual past kind of collides with her new life, which is married with two kids when like her ex-boyfriend was like this bad boy music artist producer just comes back into her life. And that show is...
0: That's so good. It is good. Now, there is a lot of freaky sex scenes in there. Um, But if you could get past the freaky sex scenes, there's also a lot of good like storyline discussion topics that can be had based off you know just transitioning from lo- one life to another connections that you may have the difference and in intensities of connections and how they can interfere or alter your current life when you chasing things that you used to have versus now there's just like so many different layers and topics that go now billy the character the main character she get on my nerves so i'd be looking at her like billy what the hell is we- going on or what the fuck is you doing but i do think it's a
1: good show it's definitely a good show do not watch it around anybody else the first couple episodes because my sister was walking by and she basically thought i was watching softcore porn and i had to tell her like no this is a netflix show but great storyline we might even have to dedicate some time to specifically talk about sex life because it's that there are that many discussion points in that show that's right Now, switching it up just a little bit, because I have been heavy on podcasts lately, I wanted to share um, a podcast that I recently discovered, and I think it's very, very fitting, especially since we just talked about infertility and womanhood and things of that nature. The podcast is called Living for We, um, and it's actually focused on Cleveland and the Black women in Cleveland, their experiences at work, at school you know, hospitals, etc. cetera. A uh, really quick question, Bianca. Did you know that Cleveland, they did a survey and Cleveland was actually ranked the least livable city in America for Black women?
0: Yeah, I heard that. Yes, yeah, so- demographics and the access, just like being single and career and just all of that.
1: Yeah, so this podcast is available now. Um, It's called Living for We. You can literally get it at Apple just all over I listened to the first episode and it really really moved me um I'm mentioning it here because it does almost give more of like if you're watching a doc like if you were watching a documentary but let's say you weren't looking at the tv you were just listening to it that's almost how it listens to me more like a documentary or a Mm -hmm. show or something so I would highly recommend checking it out I just never I feel like I had heard of that before but I think they do a great job of bringing on different people from the city discussing the inequities in our community um and just I don't know after I listened to the first episode it really had me thinking about my experience living you know in northeast Ohio and particularly Cleveland the things that I wish I wouldn't have had to go through, you know, and not everything has been bad. There have been like good things that have happened to me here, but I feel like also it kind of fueled Bianca knows I had this desire to leave Cleveland and it was really powerful because in the intro of the podcast, um, I'm assuming one of the guests that are going to come on later on, she literally was like, if you are in the city of Cleveland, get out now, but it was like the way she said it and the placement of it, it really kind of, hit me and it was interesting that they said one thing it's like if we're specifically looking at the data um people women living here like had one of the lowest life expectancies than in other cities you know in other major cities and i think they even said at one point it was like if you're looking at the data alone that would be to say that if i were to move to let's say seattle that I would live longer. You know what I mean? My my entire quality of life would improve simply by being and living somewhere else. And I think when you think about it like that, that's actually really powerful and also very, very sad that simply moving to a different location could completely change my entire trajectory on life. So just wanted to mention that. So again, it's called Living for we.
0: OK, well, the last thing in the TV thing that I wanted to mention uh, was that Love is Blind is coming back on March 24th. If you guys aren't familiar with that show, it's a Netflix show in which they try to say that looks don't matter, that the people date in a pod where they're supposed to be emotionally connected through their dating experiences of not being distracted by seeing each other. And once they make it out the pods, they get married. Now, typically, this show um, is, well, they have melanin on there, but they don't be making it out the pause like that, and there's different reasons for why we might not just see some of the conversations, or maybe there's just no general, like, connections, but they release, like some background information on the people on the show and i feel like when they do that that's the people who like are actually going to make it or we're actually going to see and they got real melanated this time i said okay look at them so i can't wait to see you know how the how the show plays out because it looks like they have a fair share of our brothers and sisters on the show this this time yeah they do i feel like they definitely heard all of the uh the complaint, feedback.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Last season, they they gave it to them on Twitter. They were going in on love. They love. was
0: talking about how the black women don't, they don't ever show the black women how they don't be making it out the pods and blah blah blah. And they said, "Let me show y'all." Even though I will
1: say this, I brought this up to Bianca. I'll share here. I'm hoping I communicated in a way that don't get me c- cussed out or canceled. But when we were bringing this up, I did say to Bianca, just to provide a different perspective, I'm like, I wonder if they don't show a lot of the connections or pod conversations that maybe some of the Black men and women are having because because they're just not highlighting it or because those conversations really aren't going anywhere, you know, they're, they're not progressing. And I say that to say, not that Black women aren't great communicators, but me being a black woman and speaking from my personal experience, I can say that it take a little bit longer for me to even let somebody in deep enough for me to start talking about, you know, experiences with my parents or daddy daughter issues or you know what I mean, all of that stuff. And if you notice some of the other conversations with non black um, participants they do go straight into like, yeah, you know, my dad was never around and my parents moved here from Iraq and we were poor. Whereas I feel like a lot of times for black people, we don't like leading with that stuff because we don't like that to be the first thing you know about us. But it kind of does a disadvantage on a show like this when you're supposed to be trying to connect so deeply with somebody so quickly. So I just wanted to share that because I was just curious, but I'm even more excited to see such a diverse cast this <laughs> season and i just hope netflix don't let us down now don't, don't do a pump like where you show all of these beautiful black faces and then we watch the show and we still only get a tidbit here and a tidbit there and none of them still make it out of the pods i okay. agree i'm going to be upset but to be fair if they don't make it out the pods it's because they didn't make connect. it
0: function. yeah they didn't
1: connect you know what i mean you shouldn't really have anything to do with color
0: so and to be fair, all of those connections from last season was a wreck anyway, regardless of what color they was. Okay. So, a bust. I just hope this season we see some more authentic, genuine connections out of here because last season's connections was like, what was that?
1: You know, give us some more uh, Cameron and, and Lauren. All right. You know That's what I'm saying? We, we had one like
0: that since then, I don't
1: think. I don't think so. mm
0: well, that's all I had on the TV section. So I feel like we can move right on into pop culture. And then pop culture this week, you know, Jonathan Major, he has really been making the headlines just for his stunning performances in both of his box office movies right now. And also he had that um did y'all see that magazine cover he did around Valentine's Day? Real. Yes, girl. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but anyway he's not stopping he's also set to portray Dennis Rodman in a new film coming out called 48 Hours in Las Vegas I guess the film is about an impromptu trip that Dennis Rodman took to Las Vegas while he was playing for the Chicago Bulls during the 1997 to 1988 season so we'll see what that's going on but I just really wanted to shout him out because he out here doing it baby you doing it (laughs) He really is, and I love that for him. It's so funny though when they were talking when Cree came out,
1: somebody described him as being a civil rights fine or something like that.
0: Oh my no. god! Okay,
1: but let his body and Cree, baby. Oh my god! Mm. Now, do you know what? Just can we move on because I'm having, I'm getting high and bothered thinking about the bodies in Cree, y'all.
0: Listen, bodies. Yeah, I'm I'm in there sitting and I should have a sign on my head that say, "You know why I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> and when I and they
1: they gave you lots of it too, lots of scenes, chest, back, calves, sweat, you know what I'm saying, dripping. Ain't <sighs>
0: <sighs> oh yeah, I don't even know how to transition from that because I'm over here having high flashes. Okay, well, somebody I,
1: I'll transition. Somebody that's gonna be having some hot flashes real soon behind bars is Bishop, uh the Brooklyn Bishop Lamar Whitehead, who we've we are not new to him. He has been brought up several times before so for some very questionable, you know, activities. I believe he was also the one that was allegedly robbed. Like he just been brought up before. But a new report has actually come out that says that federal prosecutors are alleging that he had fixed bank records in order to finance his million-dollar New Jersey mansion. The feds claim that Whitehead altered bank records to show that some LLC that he has made over $2 million, when in reality it made less than $10. Um, They also mentioned that he was faking, faking other bank accounts uh for basically showing that he had like three years worth of you know income for this also this llc and yeah he is it's looking <laughs> real real bad for him now the reason why i wanted to bring this up it's not really i'm not passing any judgment on him i have no commentary to put on him however i do want to say actually no i do i have a message for him <sighs> what i want to say is I really, really hate when people in his position where they are meant to lead and draw people closer to God and be an example of how, you know, living a Christian-like life is good and it can be prosperous and it can be abundant to be tied to something so scandalous and devious and scammy Mm -hmm. as something like this. And I just hate it because I feel like this is why so many people will say, no, it's just the whole church thing is one big scam. They only doing it for the money. They only doing it for this. And examples like this actually turn people away from developing a spiritual connection, even if it's not going to church. They, This is the type of stuff that makes people be like, it's all fake. You know what I mean? It's all mm-hmm. fake. It's all a scam. I ain't going to nobody church. I'm not congregating. I'm not fellowshipping. I'm not doing any of this because of people like this who abuse their power and abuse you know or manipulate the word of god to just make money and then to go as far as you falsifying documents like what no shame no No. shame my the second thing i wanted to state this message is honestly for the people who you know do have a spiritual connection and they are going to church and they do you know are members of congregations just a reminder that there will be wolves in sheep's clothing. Just a reminder that there are such things as false prophets. Now, I'm not saying he's a false prophet or you know what I mean? Or anything like that. But I'm just saying, be mindful of the people that you follow on your spiritual journey because not everybody has a pure heart. Not everyone is living correctly. Not everyone is doing it with the right intention. And although your intention is good and right, you just want to be mindful of where people are leading you is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. You know, the example that they put out in front of you, you know, I'm sure he probably making it people think, you know, I'm living the word of God and I'm preaching the word of God. And this is giving me this lifestyle when in reality you're scamming and you're scheming and you're really doing horrible things and taking advantage of people. And it's just not right. And that just don't sit right with me at all
0: same now mm-hmm. I grew up in a church I didn't grow up in a character church, church but as I have um grown and established my own relationship with God I'm not really like a go to the church person I may stream me a good Sarah Jake service or <laughs> uh I might you know I worship from my home but a large part of that does come from me not feeling connected to the idea of church or mega churches or of something that is um more show for show like those pat like I get those pastors are um they've reached a lot of people so then you know people gravitate so they following is larger. But for me, I don't need all of that. Like, I don't need all the fanfare when it comes to church. I just need, you know, a place where I feel comfortable and worshiping and acknowledging my faith in God. But uh, I feel like for a lot of people, the things that go down in churches really discourage them from being, like, active church members. Unless you go to, you know, your little local. I've been going here since I was six years old. Those yeah. churches, but I do feel like a lot of the mega churches, mega pastors, they be having those shady past, And it ain't just the grace of God that got them living up like that.
1: Yeah. And it's, I just feel like it's so unfortunate, especially, y'all, we sit down here, they saying these the last days. You know what I'm saying? So it's just so sad that, especially at a time right now when a lot of people are seeking God or seeking some kind of spiritual guidance for there to be people in a position where they could really impact somebody's life in their journey to kind of just tank the entire, like to tank the water by doing something so corrupt. And like I said, I just feel like that turns people off and turns them away from wanting to dive deeper into a spiritual journey. And it's just, like I said, it's just really unfortunate and it's disgusting, honestly.
0: I agree. Great. Well, another thing that's like a turnoff for me right now is I know people like to travel, but for me, traveling has been seen in like a turnoff because one- the prices of the tickets are high as hell. Two, the planes, I don't know what's going on on the planes. We got one plane just falling from high altitude, barely making its emergency landing. We got people on the planes trying to staff the flight attendants and open up um, the escape doors. We got planes crashing on the runway before they even taking off. And I just need to know what's going on with the airline industry.
1: I don't know I mean honestly um I feel like one site that I saw I think it was called the thrifty traveler they did a good job of breaking down what happened as far as why the prices are so high kind of reminding us that when the pandemic happened less people were traveling there were restrictions and we saw back then remember they were trying to get you to buy those flight packages where it was like you could fly anywhere for 45 dollars a yeah. year or something crazy but now that the restrictions are lifted um sorry and when they did that they also they actually retired a lot of planes which i didn't know that we knew that they had kind of laid off a lot of workers um but basically they did major major cutbacks to be able to survive then and now that those restrictions lifted the airlines were not equipped to basically bring back pilots bring back employees you know take the planes that they had retired um you know from if they sold them or they just scrapped them they basically just weren't equipped to yeah. meet the demand so because of supply and demand that's why flights are so expensive right now but i do still feel like it's very very strange that all of these bizarre things keep happening in air you know what i'm saying that's like
0: I'm
1: even going back to that day remember where like literally all of the flights got canceled like nobody <laughs> was flying i thought that was strange too because like that never happens where literally just like every domestic flight is canceled for a day or I don't remember how long it was but very very peculiar agreed but the alternative to that is a lot of people are now you know traveling by other
0: means yeah but like driving and then you find yourself again kidnapped by the Mexican cartel If you making those drives to those undisclosed Mexican location areas that are not resort like, so be very careful when you're doing things like that. And then I also heard that people were getting large numbers of people are getting sick on like a cruise. Yeah, it was a
1: cruise that was started from Texas and I think it went down like the coast of Mexico. 300 plus people had some mysterious illness that resulted in vomiting and diarrhea they are testing their stool and they're trying to get as much information that they can but right now we don't have any final word on exactly what it is at least I haven't seen any final word on exactly what it was that got everybody sick yeah but even that's scary because I feel like when you know the last one happened i feel like it was related to some cruises and then also some international flights you know people basically traveling and coming back yeah and being sick and it's spreading so right.
0: mm-hmm. i'm saying while well, y'all playing y'all summer getaways this year just be cautious, you know, have fun. I still want y'all to enjoy it. Go out, travel, do y'all thing. But for me personally, I'm feeling like I'm going to just stay here real quick and see how it play out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also, I know we even
1: talked about like when you're doing road trips uh, internationally, but even when you're traveling domestically, just state to state, still do your research because unfortunately there are still things like sundown towns and there are still places and people that you may not want to engage or interact with. So just do your research no matter where you're going and when you're going, because you want to be an educated traveler.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Honey. Yeah. Mm. The last thing I wanted to bring up, um, it was about this couple. And I feel like I I did this story when it first happened, but they had got their, they, appra- they were trying to sell their house and their house got appraised for like something really low. And then when they had a white person, they had a white person come and pretend like it was like 99000 and then when they had their wife friend, they, three weeks, they hired a new appraiser, had their wife friend come act like they was owner. They their home was priced like $1,442, like I was supposed to be. Wow. Um, so then they actually went and sued the appraiser and they, it's an undisclosed settlement amount. But I just think that's really messed up that even in today's day, we still got to do stuff like that. Like they literally tried to play them. Mm-hmm. And they it's had to so put sad. together a whole systematic plan to prove that they was getting played.
1: Yeah. It's really sad. Um, And I work in the mortgage industry and that is something that we are seeing a lot more of in that there's a, there's an agency called the CFPB. Um, They are trying to put things in place to prevent and decrease the amount of appraisal uh, inequalities that we're seeing based on race gender you know age because that should not be that should not be the case and the studies that they're showing is actually exposing that it has been a major issue and not just recently like for a A long long time. time yeah for a long time so
0: well that's all I had in the pop culture did you have anything that you wanted to add
1: no this week was draining it was just too much going on this
0: week drained me (laughs) okay marlo (laughs) (laughs)
1: seriously though this week was really really draining um i felt like a lot of the news that was coming out just wasn't necessarily uplifting stuff you know um so yeah i'm good i'm good this week yeah you know it's gonna be a great week yes so on that note if you made it this far we want to say thank you as always for taking the time to listen and just for being a part of our community honestly as always don't forget to like comment subscribe and rate our podcast you can find us on apple spotify soundcloud just we're all over the world baby we in
0: and then we worldwide we got some very committed international listeners. Okay, baby, we see you. Don't think we ain't thinking about y'all when y'all thinking about us. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to y'all. Also, don't forget to tell y'all international homies, y'all domestic homies, y'all local homies, homegirls, whoever y'all gotta tell that y'all are listening to y'all favorite podcast, which is mine for VS. Mm-hmm. And on
1: that note, we will see you guys.
0: Next week. Bye. Bye.